guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living. Or get busy dying. The Shawshank Redemption. Filmmaking is not about the tiny details. It's about the big picture. Ed Wood. Well, well, Captain Forrest Gump. I had to see this for myself. Forrest Gump. What do these three Man. films have in common? They're among the 10 best films of 1994, according to Roger, or me, or maybe both of us, as we reveal to you and to each other our individual selections of the best films of 1994. I've been dying to do something all day, and I think maybe we can take care of this. Oprah? Uma? Uma? Oprah? I feel much better. Have you kids met Keanu? This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events, big and small, famed and forgotten, from 1994. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. We're doing it again. We are. We're doing it again. And one of the things that Joe's doing again is the touchdown, what is it, motion, gesture, signal, to start the show. Yeah, I don't remember when we, we talked about this in a recent episode, I know, but I don't remember exactly what the logic was there as far as how to describe that. But uh, yeah, that's how we begin. He like winds up before he intros the show, like he's going to do a cartwheel. No, I feel that like, because again, we're we're looking at each other over a video that I want to signal to you that like, let's stop with all the all the <laughs> bullshit and chatter and let's get to the show. And well, so now it just makes me laugh. Do. I don't know. I'm going to yeah. need to like cut that because I'm cut that out. Cut it out because it just makes me giggle now. Yeah, fair. Um, oh, well, we tried. It happened one year, 1994. Here we are. This is us doing it again. We yep. are we are really winding down episodes, but I realize that we are not disciplined enough <laughs> to really stick to like a strict schedule for this, even though we know like these are the things we still want to talk about. Yep. Uh, we had a real hard time deciding on what to do tonight. And so we've thrown together a big episode. Big episode. So we've only got a couple things left that we absolutely wanted to talk about in, as far as 1994 was concerned. And this giant episode to cover the entirety of cinema of 1994 <laughs> uh, was supposed to be like three different episodes. But we have now decided let's slap it all together and let's go all night. This could be this could be our epic. This could be our Ben-Hur right here. Yeah, we're going to do our best. Also, listeners, you should know that we're recording way later than we typically do. It's way past our bedtime. It is 930. So it's, it's this is a basically your midweek bedtime. <laughs> it is. That's true. No, it's Saturday, but yes. But I do think that like we've left such big topics for the last few episodes that recording is a little bit daunting, not only because they're big topics, like big important, like, oh, all of cinema, or we have to do our in memoriam episode where we talk about literally everyone who died that we haven't already covered. Still so like coming. big, yeah, get excited. So like big topics left and we're used to doing like a 20 minute spot on on Saoirse Ronan, which is right. <laughs> not the same, not yeah. the same. But no, so we're going to make, we're going to give it a shot. I mean, one of the key reasons we picked 1994 was because of the group of movies. Now, 
the movies, and as we're going to see through what we're going to walk through here uh, tonight, we're going to, you know, break down the different kind of categories of things. And it does seem like there was a lot of garbage that came out in 1994, but the high end is very high. And so <laughs> I've always held up 1994 as being this all time great year. And, you know, certainly one of the formative years for me living through it. And I, I was 14, 15 and like still discovering that movies were good, that they weren't just all popcorn nonsense. So this was a big year for me. But when I look back on it now, I'm like, yeah, the high end was real high, but the middle is really, really small. And then the bottom is horrible and there's tons and tons of garbage. And so this is what we're going to walk through tonight. And I think this is a good, a good scope of things, of all of the things we're going to discuss. I don't think my movie going and your movie going in 94 quite lines up because it's again, it's like those key years. Like I was like kind of like going on dates and like not that's not exactly what I was going to see, but it was still like I was getting this interest in film. I had like friends who would go to the movies and see things like that. And so that was where I was in 94. But I don't think it was the same for you, probably. No, I was a child. So I did not. I was not going on dates. I was 10 or 11, depending on when in the year it was. So. I do remember going to see The Lion King with my parents and my aunt. Good. So, yeah, that went well. I, I don't think I saw most of the big movies uh, of 1994 in 1994. I yeah. mean, I'm not saying I went on a lot of dates. I was pretty young. But the first, like, date I went on was to see the big 1994 release, Major League Two, <laughs> uh, where I went with a girl and, like, four of her friends. <laughs> so it was not a great date. You know, I um, think the first date I went on, we saw A Walk in the Clouds, which was probably only a couple years later, right? Because it was like Keanu's second movie after Speed, second or third movie, right? Yeah, I'm not, I gotta be, I'm good with movie years, but Keanu's re- uh, romantic films are not right there for me. I, would, I thought sure. Walk in the Clouds was later. Is that 97, 98? I don't think it was that late. I don't remember, honestly. I don't think I saw that movie. Oh, it was great. It was it was based on an Italian vineyard. Italian? Italian vineyard. Mm. And so everyone was like real Italian in it. All the people other than Keanu, who was an Amer- American. They were Goombas? Oh, no. Keanu, <laughs> <try> <laughs> no, but they like lived in Italy, right? And so, so yeah, that's they were actually Italian. Oh, so he went to like the Rigatoni estate to like pick grapes. <laughs> that was no, what not, it was? Not like that. Did Tony Danza play like the guy running the vineyard? It was like Keanu. <laughs> oh my god, if only AO away. I've been watching a lot of Who's the Boss lately. So <laughs> also true. Uh but yeah, that was my that was my dating experience in early 1994. Was that because that movie came out in uh it's on the list. That came out in March. So that was that that checks out more or less. That was around when I, I had like early Joe dates when I was a wee lad. Good for you, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was back. It, we high fived, and then I think we never, we never spoke about it again. So that was that was the end of that. Uh, but to what we wanted to talk about, we're going to break this into two major sections, essentially: yep. Bo- the box office '94, and then the awards '94, and then the things connected to that, because I think there are a lot of interesting little components to this. If you look at the top grossing movies in 94, we already have covered some of these movies because we've done a couple. We haven't done a lot of movie episodes, but we've done a couple. And then a couple other episodes that kind of touched on a movie, like, say, the Shaquille O'Neal epic Blue Chips. Did you take money? Did you shake points? We've already covered that. We're not going to talk about Check. Blue Chips. Check that box. Right. I don't think Blue Chips was in the, like, the top 20 box office of 94. It didn't do that well. But we also talked about, what was it, Love Affair? The uh, mm-hmm. That was part of that, the unsung greats and the yep. uh, 
the garbage Fantastic Four movie from that year, which made no money because it was yep. not released. <laughs> so there's been a couple things, but give, give us a quick rundown. What do, what do you got for the box office in 1994, uh, including everything, including things we've talked about and things we haven't? So I do have the list of the top uh, 200 highest grossing movies of 1994. So Ooh, that, here we go. Oh my God. Nope. <laughs> number 200. No, I'm kidding. Um, number 200 was something called Mother's Boys. It made $737,000. Mother's um, Boys? That's what it was called. I don't know what it is. Oh. Um, do you know Actually, what it is? Real, no. Can, can you start naming it 200? And I just, I want to see which, where's there's a movie that I recognize. <laughs> I sure can. Um, all right. 200. Mother's Boys. The War Room. Cobb. Three wait Colors. Wait, 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 wait. The War yeah. Room, I think, is a documentary. Can you click the on that? The War Room is a documentary about Bill Clinton. Oh, I've actually, that's on the Criterion. I've actually seen that. Oh, well done. Yeah, well, there we go. Cobb is a biography of Ty Cobb that uh, Tommy Lee Jones played Cobb. That's correct. Yeah. Do you know what Three Colors colon blue is? I do. So the Three Colors trilogy was made by a Polish director. Uh, oh, my God. Krzysztof uh, Kieslowski. Okay. And he was nominated this year in this in 1994 for writing Red. He wrote this trilogy of colors. They're, they're oh. red, white, and blue, but they're not. It wasn't an American thing. It was those were just the names of the movies. Yep. Um, which one was that? Blue? Blue, and then 195, which is two up, is white. Oh, well, there you go. So, no, I don't blue, know where it was the one with Juliette Binoche. There's, there's, Red was the real famous one. Red was nominated for, like, he got nominated for Best Director for Red. Red was a big deal. Blue, they're all good, but Red was the real famous one. Oh, all right. That's what that was. Yeah. Um, well, in between Three Colors Blue and Three Colors White is a movie that I now want to see called A Million to Juan. <laughs> that sounds like the most racist thing ever. <laughs> It's a romantic comedy about an honest Mexican immigrant who struggles without a green card by selling oranges on a street corner. Who plays Juan? Is there anybody? Uh, is it a John, uh, John Leguizamo film? You would think. Like guessing. It's terrible. Could it be Paul Rodriguez? Oh, it could be. Nice. I think that's... I'm looking at the tiny poster. I don't see actual actors on this page, but Wonderful. Uh, I believe it is Paul Rodriguez. Oh, man. Really? We should... Like, I've seen that other people have podcasts where they just do every movie from a year. Which I think yeah. is fun, but like that must get real tedious. Yeah. But I don't think that's where this was ever going to go. I, I, you know, I always assumed we would do bunches of stuff, but now considering a million to one came out the same year as three colors red, I feel like maybe we missed out. <laughs> <laughs> we could have done some great double features. So, uh, <laughs> really missing All right. Out. All right. Well, 200 is too low. So yeah, 200 is yeah. too low. We're going to, we're going to start by talking about the top 10 and I'm going to ask you to name the all 10 movies in the top 10. That's it. Yeah, top 10 highest grossing movies in 1994. How many can you get right? Just off the top of my head. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, The Lion King and Forrest Gump are, are one and two in some order because they were very close. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I did look at this stuff today, so some of this I'm going to have, but I was trying right. to think like as far as, because you know, it's odd, there, there were only a couple big, big hits and then, you know, where now everything grosses, anything that's a hit grosses 200 million. Back then, yeah. how many movies gross 200 million? Like three Maybe no, two. Just the two? The two you just named. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, there was a lot of movies in the hundreds back in 94. Yeah, not, there not sure were. Same, but, like... Every um, movie that grossed over 100 is in the top 10. Ah. Um, I know The Flintstones is up there. That's correct. What number is that? That is number five. Okay. Uh, I think The Santa Claus is up there. It, it Correct. That is number four. Uh, Speed is in the top 10, right? Number seven. Uh... Was Pulp Fiction in the top 10? It was not. Where, where was Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction. That made money. It was number 19. Oh, 
Okay. Hmm. So you're, you're missing three, six, eight, nine, and ten. Maverick was Maverick in the top ten? No. Oh, Eleven. Oh. oh. Uh, True Lies. That is correct. That is number three. Oh, True Lies was number three. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Clear in Prison Danger. That is correct. That is number six. Um. We have only talked about one of the remaining three movies that I can recall on the podcast already. Oh, we've talked about this already. One of one of the remaining three. Oh. Uh, oh, The Mask. That is correct. Number eight. Uh, was Dumb and Dumber up there? Dumb and Dumber is number 22. No, oh, and Ace Ventura was down there. That didn't do 100. Uh, Ace Ventura was number 16. Oh. But yeah, it was in the top 10. You're missing nine and 10. I don't know that I'm coming up with this. I'll give you one hint and then I'll just tell you because this can't be that interesting to our listeners. Uh, <laughs> one aggressive comedy, aggressive, one real comedy, like a real full-blown comedy yeah. and one definitely not a comedy. Great. A dr- drama. You've really narrowed it down. Um, <laughs> the drama-iest of the dramas in the top 10 is number 10. Oh, um, what kind of a drama would have made that kind of money? Uh, yeah. Like, a, is it like a, is it like a Tom Hanks? Is it like a, like, no, Tom Hanks is in Gump. Was it like, uh, was it a big star? Was there a star? Yes. Oh. Yes. There were multiple big stars in this movie. Oh my God. 94. Yes. Uh, the Mighty the Ducks 2. Amelia. No, no, no. <laughs> Correct. No, the biggest movie star in the world in 1994. Who was it? Oh, uh, Interview with the Vampires right there. Correct. Right, right. And what, I don't know what the other one is. Oh, it's Mrs. Doubtfire. Wait, 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 wait. Mrs. Doubtfire came out in 93. Your list is all corrupt. Um, it grossed the ninth most money in 1994. All right, listeners, you're going to notice a little bit of a cut here because Joe has just explained to me how to change to make sure I only have movies that come out that came out in 1994. Um, and I'm going to correct a fact. Uh, he guessed Pulp Fiction, and that would be correct. That oh, would be number 10. There we go. Uh, also, Dumb and Dumber, number six. Oh. See, you get that post-Oscar bump. Some movies, they jump up yeah. at that point. So, Like Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, but Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> as you'll remember, won Jeff Daniels that Oscar. Uh, post up. So that's a box office for, t- for 1994. What I think is interesting looking at that, and then if you look down into the second 10 of that group, is how few sequels there are and how few remakes. Because now you look at the list, and they're all sequels. Like That's just what the box office is now. A movie yeah. that's like an outlandish non-sequel you know, to, to become the top grossing movie of the year or even high up is really rare now. Yeah. Um, because they're all superheroes or they're all whatever. But yeah. back then, I think you're looking at like, it's like three or four movies in the top 20 that are sequels or remakes of something. Like you get the Flintstones, Clear yep. and Present Danger is a sequel. So this is sequels or remakes of other movies? Of other of of movies or TV shows. So the Flintstones, Got Maverick it. was a TV show. Uh, there's a Star Trek movie, right? There's a Star Trek movie, yep. Yeah, and Clear and Present Danger. That's only four movies, right? I think the first, like, and none of those are pure movie sequels, really. Yeah. Like, the, I think the first purest movie sequel is the Naked Gun movie, which is number 23. Well, the, yeah, that's true, because even the Star Trek movie was the first movie with the Next Generation cast. Yeah. So even that is only a spiritual sequel. I mean, Shatner's in it, so like it is kind of a sequel, but not exactly the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I think is interesting, where if you look at the list for 2019, the last full year we've had outside of the pandemic for the box office, this is the top, this is the top grossing movies, right? You've got The Avengers Endgame, which is definitely a sequel. You got the Lion yeah. King remake, 
Toy Story 4, Frozen 2, uh, Star Wars 9, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, Aladdin's a remake. You've got the Joker movie. I guess you can maybe make a case that's not a sequel, mm-hmm. but it's definitely in the universe. Yeah. You've got It Chapter 2, the Jumanji sequel, Fast and the Furious, the Hobbs and Shaw movie, John Wick 3, the How, How to Train Your Dragon sequel, Secret Life of Pets 2. Like, I mean, it's insane. Those are, and that's all in the top 15, 16 movies. Gross. The highest grossing movie that you can even maybe make a case isn't a sequel is Captain Marvel, and that's already just a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I but don't like, think even that, counts. that barely counts. So if you take it down, then it's Us. Us is the most original movie, and it was 12th. Oh my God. In 2019. So, uh, and like it really, then there's there's the Pokemon, the Detective Pikachu movies in there. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was 18th. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. You yeah. Know? And then there's more superheroes Shazam, Aquaman. <laughs> Knives Out was 21st. Like, that's that's the stark difference between then and now. This isn't news. Everybody knows this. Yeah. But the other thing that's interesting is how many sequels and remakes there were in 94, and clearly how many of them were just rejected. Yeah. <laughs> didn't care, you know? Like, those are the popular ones. You know, you got your your Mavericks and your, yeah. uh, your Clear and Present Dangers. Like, that's all good. But let's take a quick gander at all of the sequels and, and remakes that they had that year. All right. Let's uh, do it. Have you ever seen House Party 3? I didn't know that was a, I didn't know that was a franchise. Like that's oh, a straight up franchise. I don't know that I've ever seen house parties two or three. And I think there might be a four. I've seen house party one kid and play made some pretty good movies. Yeah. I thought it was kid and play. Yeah. They made a movie called class act that I've, I saw, I want to say two dozen times. <laughs> Are you deaf? Man, I'm the deafest brother on this block. It was on HBO all the time when I was a kid and I really liked class act. I don't know why. They, there was a, a movie remake of Car 54, Where Are You? I think since there might have been another one, uh, My Girl 2. <gasps> oh, My I'm Girl a... 2 had the kid from The Last Action Hero in it, right? I don't remember, honestly. Like, I did see it. I, I definitely saw it, but I, I've seen one way more because sure. so has everybody. Yeah. It was good, but My Girl 2 was, was good. Okay. I never, oh. I've, I've never seen either movie. I know <gasps> what, I know what happens in my girl. So that's why I've never seen it. Cause I think I just already knew it. And I was kind of like, ah, that's going to steal the punch for me. But it uh, really is uh, Anna Klumsky, right? Yeah. Great so great. Anna Klumsky. We should watch my girl. We should watch my girl too. You're probably going to want to start with my girl. But like that, <laughs> those movies are great. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. They had, um, what Ackroyd was in them. Oh. Ah, he played her dead. I can't remember the name of the kid. The kid, because he was also the kid. I, I, the only thing I know he was in was the last action hero. He's the kid oh. in the last action hero. But I can't yeah. remember his name. Austin something. Uh, we've talked about Naked Gun 33 and a third. The franchise that OJ killed. The Mighty Ducks 2 and, of course, Major League 2. Yes. Uh, have you ever seen Leprechaun 2? <laughs> I haven't seen any of the Leprechaun ones other than I I did know that Jennifer Aniston was in one of them. I think I she think was in Aniston three, though. Was, oh, I thought she was in. She's not in the first one. Oh, it would make sense that she was in three because she would then have already been on Friends. Right. I think she was in one because I think one yeah. would have been before this. So uh, I've never seen Leprechaun. I've never seen any of the Leprechaun movies. And I think no. there's a bunch of them. There was Maverick was a remake of the TV show Maverick from the 60s. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3, the very unpopular third Beverly Hills Cop film that I, you know, I was just reading this book the other day about comedians from the 80s from Saturday Night Live and SCTV comedians I I think it was called Wild and Crazy Guys it's a pretty good book but Mm -hmm. it breaks down how Eddie Murphy's career went and even how different Beverly Hills Cop 1 is from 2 because one's just an all-out comedy and his attitude and then in 2 he was like movie star Eddie Murphy and like the first scene of the movie is him just wearing like 
I want to say like a speedo and he's just like sexy and he's like built yep. and he's rich and it's just crazy. And then the third one, he's like in an amusement park. It's just bonkers. They just, they ran out of ideas. <laughs> but uh, so three made no money. Came out Memorial Day weekend, 1994. Oh no. And bombed. It also came out the same weekend as the Flintstones, the live action, the John Goodman Flintstones. Which I've never seen, but it's supposed to be good, right? It's it's fun to watch. I don't know how good it is. I don't know how well it holds up. It's really a kid's movie, but they did a yeah. lot of ingenious stuff. And Rick Moranis' as Barney is fantastic. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot he was Barney. Goodman's great, but Rick Moranis is great yeah. in that movie. So. Uh, and there's a bunch of fun cameos. Uh, you know, Halle Berry's in there playing a character called Sharon Stone. That <laughs> they, they wanted Sharon Stone to do, and she didn't do. <laughs> so, um, so that's fun. Uh, you had Angels in the Outfield. Do you remember Angels in the Outfield? I do. I liked Angels a, in the Outfield. That was a remake of an old movie. I mean, I was the I right was age still, for that. That was still a popular movie in itself. And I don't know how yeah. well it was. I don't think it was piggybacking on the success of the movie from the 40s or whatever. But <laughs> that was there. Uh, Clear and Present Danger. There was a live action remake of The Little Rascals, which I think was a pretty popular kids movie in the summer that summer. But I, The Little Rascals is such an old property. I don't know yeah. how much even that was, you know, doing the seventh Police Academy movie, Mission to Moscow, came out. Oh, my God. So that that was pretty long. There were seven of those movies. Yeah, that might be the last mainline Police Academy movie. I don't know. They might have made some direct to video ones after that, but. Uh, when I was a kid, I was real into not not even the early police academies. I was into four, five, and six <laughs> because that was just the right age for me. Yeah. So, again, I've seen Police Academy Five, Operation Miami Beach, so many times that like I don't remember distinctly like what the plot was. But yeah. There's moments in it that are just burned into my head. Tackle Bear is yeah. wrestling an alligator, and somebody writes "dork" in suntan cream on Harris's chest, and he wakes up. Hey, what's happening, dork? <laughs> Hey, Dork. Hey, Dork. Hey, Dork. Check this out. Okay, wait. The Police Academy franchise, who is the one actor who, like, stayed around too long? You know, like, you know how in those franchises there's always one guy who's just continuing to agree to be in every movie because the studio needs him because he, like, holds it? Is it Gutenberg? Is it, it was Gutenberg. Gutenberg? But, I mean, Gutenberg. Yeah. You know, even then, Gutenberg still got out. He's only in the first four movies, but that's oh, okay. still two movies too long, yeah, yeah. right? Like, please, none of the police carry movies are really good. Like, they're all, I think they're kind of fun for their yeah. 80s comedy, but they're real crude and they're just real dumb. Yeah. But Gutenberg was the star of that franchise. And yeah. then, but I mean, most of the other actors are in all of the movies. And so, like, Michael Winslow <laughs> is in, I think, all of them. Uh, Hi, the from Spaceballs. Oh. Remember? No. Remember, he's the guy who does all the voice, all the voices in Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bleeps and the sweeps and the creeps. That guy. Um, so he does with all the voices and stuff. So he's yeah, in, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Hightower, who was, of course, Bubba Smith. Bubba, what was it? Bubba until it hurts. Bubba until it. Right. So Bubba Smith already, and it happened one year. Legend. Bubba Smith. <laughs> Bubba until it hurts. He's in all the movies. Tackleberry. Uh, I mean, it's just they had the same group of people, and they were all like just so specific to that. That I don't know how much other stuff they really did, you know, uh, except for maybe fitness videos. Yeah. But anyway, digressing too much about Police Academy. The seventh film came out, Mission to Moscow, which I'm pretty sure is the only one I've never seen. Uh, Citizens on Patrol, I saw to death. And then six was City Under Siege. I saw in theaters. It was the only one I saw in theaters. As a oh, my kid. God. I made my dad take me to see Police Academy. Six. <laughs> so anyway, there was a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie just called New Nightmare that came out. Sure. 
Uh, Love Affair was a remake of uh, An uh-huh. Affair to Remember. Yep. The Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, it's maybe not exactly. I mean, it's still another Frankenstein movie, but it was completely sure. different. So the remake of Miracle on 34th Street with Richard Attenborough mm. and that oh, girl. And, uh, What's that girl? The one from the Mrs. girl from Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Mara, Mara Wilson. Yeah. Mara Wilson. Well done. That came out the same day as Star Trek Generations. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, the Macaulay Culkin Richie Rich movie. Oh, yeah. Came out right around Christmas. And there was a live-action Jungle Book movie that year. There's been a lot of live-action Jungle Book movies, it seems, but there was really? one. Really? I didn't Christmas know that. Day. Yeah, Christmas Day, 1994. Oh. So, so that is a huge list of sequels and remakes. I'm sure if you went through 2019, there's probably a, a ton of them now that it's yeah. such a thing. But the fact that there's so many of them and none of them made money <laughs> except for like yeah. three or four movies is crazy. Like, you know. I think the Car 54 Where Are You movie was like, in the bottom 2200 it was number 186 like that would make sense i mean no money at all made 1.2 million dollars oof not Ugh. good so there you go that's the i think the box office look at 1994 it's uh it's weird it, it it's a, very weird yeah it was a weird time i mean there's a lot of other random things that came out that year like the just you know movies that i you know were set up yeah. to be bigger movies or whatever and then just didn't quite work out but I don't know. I don't know how much to go into, you know, movies that did okay or, or became kind of cult cult hits like yeah. The Crow. The Crow was a big cult success. Yep. yep. Ed Wood came out in 94. Well, I mean, we're going to talk about Ed Wood because I legitimately love Ed Wood. <laughs> I know so, you do. Ed, Ed Wood was an Oscar winning film and yeah. still to this day, Tim Burton's best work. But, I, but Ed Wood made no money. Ed Wood was a complete disaster at the box office. Because again, <laughs> it's a black and white movie about a 50s filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, Immortal Beloved came out that year? Yeah. As I was looking through the list, I was amazed how many movies I was like, oh, I love that movie. Junior came out that year. I saw Junior to death when it came out. Yeah. Do you remember Junior? Sure. The the Schwarzenegger movie? Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I think it must have been on HBO a lot or several years later, but I loved that movie. I'd believe that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like that summer you had movies like Renaissance Man was supposed to like it felt like a big movie, the Denny DeVito movie. That was set up as though it was going to be like a major movie. It made no money. I think um, I was confusing that with Demolition Man, which I think was a Wesley Snipes movie, right? Oh, is that, that right? Great. Yeah. Like the, okay. the fall of 93. Yeah. Wesley Snipes and Stallone and, and Sandra Bullock. Yeah. 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 That's right. So that's her right. First big thing. Yeah. There was a movie that summer called I Love Trouble was a Julia Roberts movie. Do you remember? Yes. That? With a, yes. A Nick Nolte, maybe? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen it, but I, re- I remember the name. Yeah, I've never seen it. It was, I mean, again, it was a Julia Roberts movie in 94. Like that was a going to be a big film yeah. and died and just the reviews uh. were bad and it just died. But I, I don't know what it was. I don't, I don't, I think it was like a caper. I remember the trailer being very like capery. It looked like yep. they were either reporters or like she was a reporter and he was a cop and like they had to <laughs> solve crimes. I don't remember, but no. uh, oh, as far as more sequels and remakes, there was The Shadow, which was a, re- was a remake of an old radio show. Um, Lamont Cranston was the shadow. He was like a, like a half-ass superhero before there were superheroes. Oh. And Alec Baldwin played him in, in 94 when Baldwin was still like young, sexy Baldwin, who was going to get those kind of parts. But yeah, it was a franchise that did not, uh, did not take off. I forgot that the, the 1994 little women came out that year, which is that's right weird. Cause it's called the 1994 little women. Just yeah. You would remember um, it by the title, yeah. by the title. But sure. yeah, I mean, that movie is amazing. I mean, it's it's as good a, a version of, of a strict adaptation of Little Women that there is. I mean, the Greta Gerwig Little Women is so great. Oh, yeah. 
For sure. And, but it does so much to change what's going yeah. on in the, the problematic parts of that book. Uh, yeah. That, uh, you know, but I'd say as a true adaptation of the book, yeah, the 94, oh. the Susan Sarandon, Winona Ryder movie. Great. Yes. So um, good. The Client came out that year, which I think oh, you were I a fan of, the right? Client. I did. I loved The Client. In your, I apparently your, watched your a lot of my, in my Susan Sarandon phase, which I'm well out of now because she's a monster. Oh, come on. Oh, she sucks. She's on the Bernie side of things, She's, but she's still like, okay. No, she sucks. It could be worse. <laughs> she could be Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying, <laughs> there's a spectrum of people who are awful and then who are she, only sort of awful. So. She could be Meatloaf. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Meatloaf. R.I.P. R. R. Loaf. Uh, that, that just happened. And, uh, you know, I, I like Meatloaf's music. I, his, his politics and that, not, that whole vaccine stance sure this hell didn't work out. But, you not know. Great. You know eh, not great. Not great. Oh, The Getaway came out that year. Do you remember The Getaway? The Charlie Sheen, uh, Christy Swanson, I want to say, as far as modern <laughs> monsters are concerned. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was a remake I, of the old Steve McQueen movie, The Getaway. I, I do not. I don't remember if uh, he kidnaps her and then goes on this. Am I thinking of the right movie? What the hell is The Getaway? I have no idea. I mean, uh, the idea that be... he kidnaps her and they have to go somewhere, that feels like a getaway. But That is The Getaway, yeah. yeah. Is that the right movie? No, no, no. That's The Chase, which also came out in 1994. <laughs> the Getaway is the Alec Baldwin, Kim Basinger remake of the Steve McQueen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they're like a, a crime couple. And it was Steve McQueen and Ally McGraw, I want to say, back in the day. Mm -hmm. So 1994 is just packed full of crazy oh my stuff. God. A lot of There's films. so many good movies. And, and so many bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> just, so, movies that are enjoyable uh, because they're bad. Yeah. There's yeah, some, of those. some movies in that way. Just real quick things I want to touch on because they're not going to fit in anywhere else. There's a yeah, yeah. really mediocre uh, Robert Altman movie came out that year. It was Pret-a-Porte, which mm. I know you were a fan of the soundtrack. Yeah, I have the soundtrack. My brother had the soundtrack and I stole it from him. But I finally saw the movie and I was in a big Altman thing in recent years and I finally watched it a year or two ago. It's fine. It doesn't totally. <laughs> it, it has that Altman style where it's like everybody, it's real loose and everybody's talking at once. And and a lot of his 70s movies, that really works. The player, it really works. But Ready to Wear, it's eh, it's OK. There's mm -hmm. too many movie stars. It's 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 somehow just it's jangly. It doesn't really work. But it's huh? another Julia Roberts movie from 94. So I did not know she was in that. Yeah, it's a, everybody has a small part. Her Tim Robbins is in it and. You know, Sophia Loren, it's fine. The Sylvester Stallone, Sharon Stone film, The Specialist. Maybe The Specialist is the reason Sharon Stone couldn't make the Flintstones. <laughs> it's tied up. Well, I, I can see based on the, okay. on the gross she chose incorrectly. Yeah, no, Flintstones was a hit. Specialist yeah. probably did okay, though, right? That was that was still Stallone when he was at, like, right after Cliffhanger. He was still making kind of hits early 94. Oh, it was number 20. Oh, that could be worse. Reality uh, Bites came out in 94, which yeah. kind of became a landmark kind of film for the angsty uh, teens of the day. Yeah. Nell came out that year. Oh, Nell. Oh. <laughs> I remember Nell being crazy, like to sit and watch because Nell was such a weird character. But yeah, uh, Jodie Foster was great. Was Nell. Amazing. Did she? I think she got nominated for an Oscar for Nell, didn't she? I think she did. Because we are going to talk about that next. We are. But I think that's it. I if Maybe something else will pop up and I'll be like, oh, we've got to talk about you know, wagons east, but probably not. I think we're probably good. I mean, we didn't talk at all about uh, My Father the Hero, which I believe was a Gerard Depardieu movie. Mm. So uh, that's a th miss. There's probably a reason we didn't probably didn't mention that one. I don't remember. I don't Same. I couldn't tell you much. The I It's believe... Pat movie came out that year. 
of Saturday Night Live <laughs> adaptations. Nice. Uh, I don't think it made money. I think it was a. I think it was a mess. Probably not. Yeah. There's a pretty mediocre Coen Brothers movie that year. Was the Hudsucker Proxy, which I remember mm-hmm. liking as a kid, but I, I, when I've gone back and seen it, it's a little too zany. I think they were still figuring out their kind of more comic voice because they hadn't done yeah. a ton of real comedy comedies except for like Raising Arizona at that point. Yeah. Uh, and this was still fairly early for them, but it's it's another Tim Robbins. It's kind of he invents the hula hoop. I don't remember what that movie's about, oh, but wow. it was crazy. So. Good for him. Uh, so that was out there. There was a John Waters movie called Serial Mom with Kathleen Turner. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yeah, I do. That I played do on HBO a lot. Because I don't she like kills people, right? It's Serial Mom, S-E-R-I-A-L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not Serial Mom like she was serving breakfast. No. Uh, there was a movie called Cops and Robertsons. Oh, I could tell you some things about Cops and Robertsons. Really? So Susie, Susie was real into that movie. I think like Jonathan Taylor Thomas is in it. Or there's some like teen teen beat boy in it but it's a chevy chase uh jack palance movie <laughs> it is and it's terrible it's a terrible movie it's not there's no redeeming value but is there like a sexy a sexy kid in that movie <laughs> a sexy boy i, I don't want to talk about sexy kid boys mm. like a tiger I, like a teen beat kid i don't know i can only see the poster and it's uh, got the two people that you already named i don't there was some reason that Susie watched that movie a lot and i don't know why and i yeah. don't remember who's in it that she, there was something about in it that she i can't i can't believe it was jack balance <laughs> that doesn't feel right <laughs> she's like really into jack balance yeah she like she fell in love with city slickers and then never got over it i guess <laughs> yeah. i don't know but oh also city slickers 2 came out the same day as speed oh yeah so that's out there as well so uh, I feel that back then you did see a lot more representation in the top of the box office by movies yeah. that were also considered pretty good movies. And yeah. you don't have that as much anymore. I mean, it's, I think it's rare that a terrible movie grosses a ton of money. Like, yeah, you know, it still has to be somewhat entertaining. And even with a big like flash opening, like Transformers movies from 10 years ago, uh, as bad as the reviews were, they would still make money because they opened so big. But back then you had like Forrest Gump running for months and months and months and, you know, and then it got nominated for Oscars. So then it just kept going and The yeah. Lion King was in theaters for a year. And like, you know, this is just what it was back then. So so I think that is interesting. But can you run down real quick? What were what did we have for up for best picture in 1994? I sure can. What were up for some of the top awards? Because there's a pretty good, a pretty strong group and they missed some. There were some really good movies that year, but. They missed a few things, but all in all, they covered some of the real classics pretty well. So this was in the period of time where we only had five nominees. It was strict five. Strict five. So a movie that we haven't talked about yet, amazingly, The Shawshank Redemption nominated yeah. for Best Picture. The Shawshank Redemption was not a hit. So that no. movie got dumped into a September and had great reviews. I mean, everybody recognized yeah. it was a great movie, but uh, it just died. And another Tim Robbins movie that year, but it just didn't. It didn't do any kind of business. And and I think it came out at just the wrong time so that by the time it got nominated for Oscars, it was out of theater. So it wasn't going to get that bump, you know? No. Yeah. It was well in the middle of the list of box office gross that year. So yeah. Quiz Show. Quiz the Show. Robert Redford movie. Yeah. Quiz Show is fine. Yeah. I mean, it's a little dull compared to a lot of these other the other great movies of that year. But it's a it's a solid character film, you know, a yeah. solid biopic. Is that also in black and white, or am I making that up? No, Quiz Show's in Quiz Show's in color. Is it? Yeah, I mean, it's set in the '50s, so it feel it has a very old feel. Yeah, Quiz Show is worth seeing. Like, I don't. There's nothing wrong with it. It's probably too long, and it's just a little dry. Like, it's sure. you know, it was Ray Fine's like follow up to Schindler's List, so it, it has that very it has a very prestigey feel. Paul Schofield yeah. is in it, who 
uh, won an Oscar for a man for all seasons in the sixties. So he, and he's this f- big figure, you know, and he, okay. he plays his dad. And, you know, yeah. Uh, Cause it's about Philip Van Doren who, with the quiz show scandals yep. and all of that. Yep, yep. So John Turturro's in that great. That's it's fine. It's worth seeing. Oh, good. Uh, so nominated for best picture. We say it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It, I wouldn't say it's an all time great, yeah. but it's a solid movie. Um, also nominated for best picture that we would probably describe as better than fine. Pulp fiction. Pulp fiction. Yeah, we do like Pulp Fiction. So I, I do have part of this reserved as part of like, why was 1994 so, so great? All right. And a lot of it revolves around Pulp Fiction. Okay. Uh, also nominated a previous feature of a It Happened One Year episode, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Four Weddings and a Funeral just came out of the blue and was a Best Picture nominee. Sure was. In this packed could... a year, like when you hear the other like movies that were nominated for acting and screenplays yeah. and directing, it's oh. weird that this movie crammed in there, but yeah. So good. Um, and then, of course, uh, the movie that no one can beat, the most quotable movie of all time, Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> Which I believe in the Speed episode, you said Forrest Gump is fine. <laughs> okay, well, it's a comparison, though. Forrest Gump is a great movie, but when you put it up next to Speed, it's fine. That's, That's not fair. It's not foin like Speed is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw a list the other day that was, they took the Rotten Tomatoes numbers for all of the Best Picture winners, like all 90 movies. And yeah. like stacked them up by their by their Rotten Tomatoes numbers, and Forrest Gump is like in the bottom ten. <gasps> Isn't that amazing? I know there are people that hate Forrest Gump, and I don't understand that. I didn't realize there were so many critics who did. Like it was, it, it's Rotten Tomatoes numbers like in the seventies. Like it's an okay. I mean, it's still one Best Picture, but it is not a, an acclaimed all time film. And like I remember at the time, like when it came out, it didn't open big. Like it, it looked, it's a weird looking movie, you know, just on a trailer, but it wasn't you know, a phenomenon. It's just that it stayed in theaters. Like people just fell in love with that movie. It's a very likable movie. Yeah. And, and I think it's a really good movie. Like I don't, you know, I don't totally understand a lot of the critics problems with it. Agreed. I think it's the comedy and the drama of it do mix a little weird, but I don't know. I still think it holds up. I was just surprised how low its total critical number is. Well, okay. So if we look at actors in a leading role to pivot to other movies that were, or, or performances that were awarded that year. Yeah. Um, you had a lot of movies that were nominated for Best Picture. You had Tom Hanks for Forrest Gump. You had Morgan Freeman for The Shawshank Redemption. John Travolta for Pulp Fiction. Movie stars of the day. Yeah. Uh, a movie star of all time, Paul Newman, was no- nominated for a movie called Nobody's Fool, which yeah, I definitely nobody, know what that is. Nobody's Fool is like a, a little character movie. I feel like that's probably just a later career nomination. I, I don't I don't know that Nobody's Fool is something but that would really stand he out. Must have, he must have won Oscars, right? He had won one at that point. I mean, oh. he was somebody who took a real long time to win one, and he won for The Color of Money, which was the sequel to The Hustler, It's which is fine. Like, it's a good movie, but that was also he got an award later in his career as an old man, like, just to give him an award. Like, I don't want to take anything away from him, but he didn't deserve Oscars beyond 1986 like that yeah, was just yeah, weird yeah but it was the same thing like when pacino won for scent of a woman he made dozens of movies better than scent of a woman it was just yeah. that he'd been nominated so many times and never won that that's what happened there yeah makes sense and nobody's um, fool is that movie it's it's fine like it's it's not a bad movie it's just not a movie you'd watch and be like wow this should win oscars it's not that <laughs> so. well it didn't yeah. um so that makes sense uh there was a a, a man who i'm sure you know named Nigel Hawthorne nominated hmm. for a movie called The Madness of King George. Yeah, neither he played, of which I've ever heard of. So he played King George, who was Makes the sense. king 
the king during the Revolutionary War. Yep. And I've never, honestly, I've never seen it. It's supposed to be great. But I do remember that the movie, when it was released in England, was called The Madness of King George III. And they didn't uh, release it that way here because people would have thought it was a sequel. <laughs> that was that was the actual story at the time. So, Oh, my God. Americans are so stupid. Yeah. And then, of course, Tom Hanks won for yeah. Forrest Gump. His, ba- his back-to-back Oscar. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the second of his back-to-back. So if we look at actress in a leading role... Not There's too many of those are going to line up. No, no, no. There's a lot of other movies yeah. <laughs> associated with these performances. So you've got your typical movie stars. You've got your Jodie Foster for your Nell. Nell. Uh, which is great. I mean, she was great in that. She did not win. She had already had two Oscars at that point in in very short order. So yeah. they weren't going to give her an Oscar for Nell. <laughs> Get out of here. She's great in Nell. Oh, she's good in Nell. But Nell's a, kind of a silly movie. It's a hard movie to wrap yeah. your arms around because... Her character's so strange that, yeah. you know, but I mean, performance-wise, great performance. Yeah, great performance. Yeah. Uh, you got your uh, Winona Ryder for Little Women. Oh, uh, Winona never won an Oscar, and she was nominated a bunch in a, in yeah. a short period of time. There. Yeah. yeah, she was nominated for this. Yeah. Uh, your Susan Sarandon's for The Client. This was right before she would finally win an Oscar as well for Dead Man Walking. For Dead Man Walking, which I yeah. really liked. And then Miranda Richardson was nominated for a movie called Tom and Viv. Yeah, I've never. Tom and Viv is a British film that I've never seen. Yeah. But Miranda Richardson was on a good role there too, because yeah. she had been nominated, I think, for the Crying Game a couple years before that. And uh, and again, she came from, which I, I think is amazing. She was on Blackadder, the the British Rowan Atkinson comedy, uh, in one of the those seasons, playing an insane character. And then she did all these really serious dramas uh, in the early '90s. Yeah. But the winner that year was Jessica Lange for a movie called Blue Sky. Yeah. I, I think you can make a case that Blue Sky might be one of the the least seen films <laughs> to win a, a major Oscar. Like, yeah, I, I I don't know what Blue Sky is about. And like Jessica Lange already had an Oscar. So like, I don't understand that, like they needed to give Jessica Lange an Oscar. Is is Blue Sky really that great? I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think it's like a kind of a period 60s, 50s, 60s movie. Yep. And uh, but she had an Oscar from ooh, Tootsie, the early 80s. So, I mean. I don't know that we needed to give her a second Oscar, but you know, they decided <laughs> oh, to do it. We did. It yeah. was, I guess it's that remarkably weak a year for lead actresses. I mean, maybe yeah. these are great performances, but these aren't seen movies. These were not no. popular films. Like the most popular of those movies is what little women. And I don't yeah. think that made a ton of money. So, and they didn't overlap with the best picture, the best actor, or as I'm looking at now, best director movies at all. Like no. there were no actresses nominated for a lead Oscar. Yeah. from any of those movies yeah i mean this this could just be a failing of the of hollywood at the time like that there yeah. just weren't major major films being led by female performances maybe i mean no. you know 95 does have you know elizabeth shoe is nominated for leaving las vegas and and susan sarandon's nominated for dead man walking so like they're these were major movies that had other nominations and were yeah bigger films these are mostly just like character films with the yep. one single you know the, the female character propping them up but yep um, but not acclaimed movies really so no. yeah no so if we talk director then you see mm. a lot of overlap with the best picture and with the best actor category sure um so nominees for directing you had actually read which we talked about earlier so that's yeah. only one that we haven't i haven't seen anywhere else yet yeah um so red was nominated quiz show was nominated for redford pulp fiction for tarantino Bullets over Broadway for Woody Allen. Yeah. I, I don't know if he got nominated for screenplay, but like not a lot of other no acting and certainly not best picture. Um, and then, of yeah. course, Zemeckis won for yeah. Gump. 
Uh, Bullets Over Broadway is nominated for supporting acting. It wasn't nominated. The lead, Cusack was the lead playing the Woody Allen character in that. So yeah. he, and it's he's fine. He's It's weird because Bullets Over Broadway is the last great, great Woody Allen movie. Yeah. Like great, great real comedy that he made. His other, he like Midnight in Paris is great, but it's not a real comedy comedy. Yeah. But yeah, Bullets Over Broadway, which then was made into a musical. I think it's a Broadway show in recent years and this and that. But, but no, it's pretty light. So I think that's why it didn't get nominated i do have bolts over broadway in my sort of all-time great too but it's mostly just because of where it stands in woody's career yeah. than anything else but it is a really entertaining movie and but Chaz palmentary is nominated for it and i want to say jennifer tilly is nominated and diane weist won so that was that's bolts over broadway in 94. That's uh, correct. i'm sure woody was nominated for screenplay but i don't i don't he i don't think he won that was an original screenplay so pulp fiction probably won yes pulp fiction won woody allen was nominated makes sense all right so those are the 1994 Oscar winners. There you go. And nominees. Yeah. No, Martin Landau won Best Supporting Actor for Ed Wood, which Ed Wood did not get nominated for much, which is a pity because Ed Wood's a great movie. But again, I think it's probably too light would be my guess. And I, I don't know. I, you know, it seems like now that would be a movie that would definitely get nominated for Best Picture. If this went to 10, I feel like Ed Wood would be in there and Bolts Over Broadway would be in there. Red might be in there. Like, you know, th these yeah. movies that were getting a bunch of other attention. Yeah. Speed. But, uh, speed might not. I don't know. I, the, real action movies have a hard time breaking in. You know, like The Fugitive was nominated for Best Picture. That's a real all-out action movie. At Raiders of Lost Ark, but there's not a lot. Like, oh, the Mad Max movie was nominated for Best Picture. That that recent, remember, Fury Road? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's some, but there's not a lot. But maybe Speed would have fought its way, and it's hard to say. But Hopper didn't get nominated, so there's the real pity. So That's a damn shame. Hopper was yeah. great in that movie. Yeah, but no, I do think that this is a an interesting year Oscar-wise. Like Pulp Fiction had won most of the critics awards, you know, coming in the, the New York critics and the LA critics and things. So it was the acclaimed film. And then Forrest Gump, I believe, won best picture at the Golden Globes, and then it just sort of snowballs from there. And it was such a popular movie and box office really kind of mattered at that point. Like yeah. you go back to those early nineties movies, like all of those movies that won best picture in that stretch were, were big box office hits, even though some of them were because they then would win Oscars and that helped. But yeah. Schindler's list made a ton of money. Unforgiven was a big hit. Silence of the lambs was a big hit. Yeah. You know? And I think Braveheart was a big hit. Like this is just what this era was. And so that just kind of naturally helped Forrest Gump, even though when you look at like most, Best Picture winners since then, for the most part, they don't all tend to be this, but, you know, Titanic winning Best Picture and and things like that, where then they were these gigantic hits that would win. Um, yeah. It's sort of an era that's gone away, but, but Pulp Fiction was probably too new, too different to really be that movie. Yeah. And, you know, no Tarantino movie has won Best Picture since, even though a couple have been nominated, I think... You know, it's always that way in retrospect where you look back and they're kind of like, oh, well, if we had known, maybe you could have given, you know, like like Scorsese uh, and Goodfellas. Goodfellas was the last real chance he had at winning an Oscar for a great movie and then yeah. eventually wins for The Departed, which is a really good movie, but not a, a, a great film like his early movies are. So, yeah. but yeah, I think that was sort of probably Pulp Fiction's problem, um, even though it, 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 in a lot of ways, did revolutionize cinema and change everything. It was in an era where a lot of that was already happening, but that was, I think, the one that really put the stamp on it and really did a lot and was such a big movie, such, such a big hit, made so many careers in a lot of ways. Like Samuel L. Jackson was doing a lot before then, but 
this was, I think, where he really became a star. Uma Thurman was in a bunch of stuff as she was younger, but this became she became a star. She gets nominated mm-hmm. for Pulp Fiction, things like that. So, so we look at the all-time greats, right? We're looking at, you know, what were the movies that really will stand the test of time? I don't know that Bullets Over Broadway probably belongs in that list when I look at it that way. You know, I don't know that it holds up with Woody Allen's early stuff, but, you know, it's his last really great movie, you know. But also this year, which we have watched, but I feel like it was so long ago now that I don't know how much you'll recall, was Hoop Dreams came out in 1994. Oh, yeah. 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 Hoop Dreams and is great. Hoop Dreams is great. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it, the thing, it's hard to compare movies and documentaries, but uh, Hoop Dreams was, even at the time, I think everybody recognized this was this just all-time great story mm-hmm. and and it's such a great movie but it's so long and through some sort of rights or issue snag at the time it didn't get nominated for best documentary like and there was like an outrage at the time that there was some sort of problem with like the way they it was submitted or just the documentary wing didn't want to watch this movie about kids playing basketball but but Hoop Dreams, Hoop Dreams is official release date actually is the same day as Pulp Fiction. They actually came out. That's crazy. Allegedly on the same day. So and so is what I mean. If you stack these movies up, you've got Hoop Dreams, you know, Pulp Fiction, The Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speed is legitimately one of the great, great pure action movies of all time. Absolutely. Uh, Ed Wood is a great movie, like unquestionably great. You know, you've got one of the last really good Oliver Stone movies that year was Natural Born Killers came out. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is probably a little, it's a little too Oliver Stone now. <laughs> I think in retrospect, yeah. it's, you know, kind of over the top, but, but I, I think it was still a really solid film. And then he did Nixon right after that. And then I think that was, that's about the peak. That's about it. As far as his career was his, his real great run of movies was concerned. And then the, I think the last thing I'd really mention is clerks came out in 94, oh, yeah. which just as kind of like a, you know, low budget you know everybody's you know get grab all your friends and max out all your credit cards and make a movie yeah um unpopular opinion i don't like clerks oh <laughs> i'm sorry i mean look at in retrospect clerks isn't i mean clerks isn't a great movie i just think that clerks is a great story and yeah. the making of it and the fact that they managed totally. to pull that together yeah. and it became this big six popular movie this big success yeah. I don't know that it made, I, I don't even know how much money it made. It, it couldn't have done anything special. It's a very cheap looking movie, but yeah. But that was also like in this year, you've got 1994, you got Pulp Fiction coming out. And then on the other end of that, you got Clerks, which is just this little, you know, they filmed it in the grocery st- in the, the convenience store where he worked. And then they just kind of go from there. Yeah. And, and I do think it, you know, it holds an important place in, in film history and, and does matter. Uh, even though I don't know that Kevin Smith ever really made I don't know that he ever really kind of captured the magic of that movie again. I, I like Kevin Smith movies. I think they're fun. But, you know, once you start giving somebody a budget and they're, you know, you can put movie yeah. stars in their movies, it's just not really the same thing. So, yeah. 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 It's just a different vibe. Yeah. Um. Though I did. I like what was the movie? Dogma. I love Dogma. Oh, I like Dogma. I thought yeah. Dogma was great. Yeah. Chasing Amy is a really good movie. Yeah. Like he made other good movies. I'm not saying he didn't. I just mean that. Clerks just has a different feel. It's just not the same yeah. thing. And, you know, in a year where you had Ed Wood come out, Clerks just fits so neatly. It just, it, yeah, yeah. it's such a nice addition yeah. to this group of movies that I think uh, that so really Clerks, Clerks was the 155th highest grossing movie of the year oh. at about 3.1 million. Nonetheless, that movie cost, for... they, I think that made the movie for like 40 grand. Like, yeah. that, you yeah. know, so that's all profit, right? Yeah. 
you know, and then you throw the Lion King in as the end of the that great run of Disney movies. I mean, I realize in your all-time greats, you didn't mention the Santa Claus, which is one of the all-time great Christmas movies. So I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, it's in the top. I'd say it's in the top 50. Oh, top five. <laughs> what have you got from 94 that you really love outside yeah. of, say, Speed and the Santa Claus? Yeah, Speed, Speed and the Santa Claus and Love Affair. Oh, God, I have terrible taste in movies. I mean, honestly, like some of the movies that we discovered came out. I didn't even realize came out in 94 today. I, I, you know, I like I said, we talked about this, but I watched The Client to Death. I watched Junior to Death. I, I do really enjoy a Pulp Fiction. I didn't watch it in 1994. The thing with most of these movies is there's not a lot that I experience real time, right? Yeah. Like there are movies that I really enjoy from 1994, but it's only because I've discovered them after the fact. I don't have a lot of like, I remember experiencing this movie in 1994. I think that just wasn't a thing. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw Forrest Gump for the first time on TV. I only remember seeing The Lion King and The Santa Claus in the theater. I, m- I might've seen Speed in the theater too. I was a huge, huge Ace Ventura fan. Like, not great taste in movies, but I did. I, I was a big Naked Gun fan. Like, all of those movies I really enjoyed. But again, you were 10 and 11, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's sort of the problem with this this area of the show when we do things is that yeah. our age difference is not that big. But, you know, mentally, we were in very different places at this point. I was like a sophomore in high school, yes. and I'm learning about movies, and, you know, I'm, I'm getting into hard. all of this. And yes. you're 10, and you're, I don't know, still watching cartoons i don't know like you i yeah. think you were still a kid so and, I, and, and we didn't go to the movies a lot because we lived like not super close to a movie theater we just didn't go a lot and so yeah. while i probably really would have enjoyed one in a million if i got to see it i don't think i did so we've got to find this movie <laughs> i think we got to take this top 200 and really get through it because i really felt like i i know 1994 movies in a lot of ways yeah. and i don't know what that is you know that was probably the most of my list i wouldn't say i was a big fan of white fang 2 oh I didn't love Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. That was not no. I, the Rosie O'Donnell uh, Ackroyd movie Exit to Eden. Did oh. not see in 1994. Exit to Eden, I think, is based on an Anne Rice book. Is it? <laughs> I know it's it's like looks like a, a crazy S&M comedy, but yeah. I think that that's actually based on an Anne Rice book. The same year that Interview with the Vampire came out. So yeah. big year for Anne Rice. Big year for Anne Rice. Way to go. Yeah. We yeah. didn't talk about The Professional. I didn't know really where to fit that in. Some people love The Professional. I like it. I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's this all-time classic, um, but it did give us essentially Natalie Portman. She was a little kid in 94, but um, it's a good movie. John Renault plays the 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 professional Leon. The movie ends up later being called Leon the Professional, but it was just called oh, The yeah. Professional when I was a kid. And I want to say Gary Oldman is the bad guy. As far as like movies like that, that I think then had popularity that I never understood was like The Crow. I never saw The Crow until I was much older and I, I didn't like it. It's not it's not a good movie, <laughs> but people love The Crow. And I think it's just kind of cool and gothic looking, but yeah. it's, it's not a great movie by any stretch. Uh, yeah. Did you know Tom and Viv that was nominated for multiple Oscars only made $538,000? Yeah, I mean, that's a little art house movie. I don't know what Tom and Viv's about. I, I think it's a, it's a true story. It's about Tom and Vivian. Thomas and Vivian something. But yeah, Rosemary Harris, I think, is nominated for that movie, right? Yeah, and- yeah. there were multiple nominees, but I'm, I want to go ahead and, and read you the, the summary of Tom and Viv on Box Office Mojo. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. In 1915, Tom and Viv elope, but her gynecological and emotional problems disrupt their honeymoon. <laughs> her, I don't know what that means. Oh, my. Her father is angry because Tom's poetry doesn't bring in enough to live. 
but her mother is happy Viv has found a tender and discreet husband. What? I don't know. We gotta watch that movie. I don't I know what's know what going on in that movie. So does she get her period and it ruins their lives? I have no idea. What are her gynecological and emotional problems? Who plays Tom in this film? Do you know? Because I assume Miranda Richardson plays Viv, right? I would assume. Tom is played by Willem Dafoe. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Viv is played by Miranda Richardson. Is there any indication if this is a real person? Is he play a poet? Is he play T.S. Eliot? Who does he play? Oh, yeah, he is T.S. Eliot. That's right. Oh. I would not have come up with who was else was in that movie. But That's yeah, I can see why that would only make 500 grand. I don't think yeah. people are like rushing out on opening weekend to see Tom and Viv. No. Rosemary no. Harris played who I'm guessing is her mom. And Tim Dutton played her dad. FYI. Well. We have to watch that. I need to know more. Yeah, I, I'm pretty curious myself what is uh, what exactly is going on there. Have you ever seen Legend of Drunken Master? No. The Jackie Chan movie? No. So you think I've seen that. <laughs> well, it became popular after Jackie Chan became popular in America all of a sudden okay. in the 90s, like Rush Hour and sure, Shanghai yeah. Noon and such. But Legend of Drunken Master, I want to say, is like he's just a regular guy. And when he gets drunk, he kicks a ton of ass. Yes. And yes, that's he the does. movie. And it became a really popular movie because it's called <laughs> The Legend of Drunken Masters. So, oh my God, that's fantastic. In a, in a very minor way, that became a big, a big success. <laughs> I mean, there's a little thing, you know, there's movies we didn't touch on that I feel, you know, I feel bad about. Stargate is a really good movie, I think. I haven't seen it since, since <laughs> in theaters in 94. It's a, a stunning analysis. <laughs> I know, I know it's not much, but uh, Jay Davidson was in it, who was also in The Crying Game. And there's the those are the only two movies I know that that guy was in. And uh, James Spader, I want to say, and Kurt Russell, maybe? I do not remember Stargate. Then they made a really long TV show adaptation. Of it. Do you remember there was yeah. a Stargate TV show for like 10 years? I, yeah, there was. Yeah. There were things, but I feel like we might be spinning our wheels. We didn't mention, and on purpose, the Jack Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer movie, Wolf. Because I'm oh, yeah. I'm still holding out hope that we might do a Wolf episode. Because <laughs> we've talked about it, and I haven't seen it in a long time, but I really liked it when it came out, and I have a feeling it might be bad. <laughs> but I want to watch it again. And I feel like we've mentioned it on a bunch of different episodes. Yeah. So holding out hope before this season ends, we can cram Wolf in. Listeners, let us know if you if you want to hear that episode. <laughs> or if you would rather we just end the season, just write in and be like, hey, guys, it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> That's enough. 1994. We get it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Come on now. That's plenty. <laughs> So we'll see. We've only got a couple left and we have nothing really in the can. So we're just putting stuff out in real time. We are. But I think that's it. I think I, I feel good about that. Do you, uh, how do you want to go out? Do you want to, how do you want to do the outro? You want to oh, do. I, I think you should do a Forrest Gump outro. Like you should do your Forrest Gump impression. My Forrest Gump impression? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how good it is. Ooh, I got it. So this would be Forrest Gump, but he's playing Samuel Jackson's character, Jules Winfield in Pulp Fiction. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides through the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil man. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Thanks, everybody. This has been It Happened One Year. Please take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever they allow ratings. Please follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please follow us on all relevant and irrelevant social media. See ya!
How you doing? <laughs> Here, here's what you gotta do. Introduce Uma to Oprah. Oh no. Oprah to Uma, and then Uma to Oprah, and then introduce Oprah to Uma, and then do it again. Uma, Oprah, Oprah, Uma.